I don't feel like anyone's talking. They're blockers. That's not why I came to Hollywood. Fucking backwards. Shit. Hey everybody, what's up? Uh, welcome to a new episode of Hate to Break It To You. This is a different type of episode. The lovely donut works with me closely than anyone. Closer. She decided, let's do an episode. Now, you know it's not always going to be you on this show. Why not? Stop it. I'm just kidding. But people like me. <laughs> I know, but it's my show. It's our show. No, stop that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just like to make you mad sometimes. So since she works so closely with me, she sees all the questions mm-hmm. that people ask. And I do a lot of interviews. Um, and panels. And panels and stuff. So she decided that she wanted to ask questions. I have no idea what they are. I've been through so many interviews with you and so many panels and people ask the same thing over and over to the point where I had to get sassy with some people. And I was like, can you please do your homework and stop asking things that are Googleable? I always hear people saying, what was it like filming such and such project to the point where I'm like, I can answer all of these for you. You don't even need it. I, I like ask Jamie because I, I know what the answers are. So you're saying that people ask a lot of vague. Redundant questions. Redundant Googleable questions. Surface types of questions. Yeah, I think they're intimidated by you to ask you like the really deep questions, but I'm not, so. I don't know if they're intimidated. Maybe they're being respectful. Yeah. Well, now I feel like I'm being disrespectful. But I, I mean, Well, I, I have no questions. idea what you're about to ask me, so. Okay. This is uh, <laughs> questions with the donut. And if you don't like any of them and you don't want to ask them, you can say pass. Ask them? Do you have dementia? Oh, wait, if you don't want to answer them. I might have dementia. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so a little bit ago, we were watching yourself on the iPad, and it struck a question, and I was like, is it weird to watch yourself sometimes, like watching an old scene that you did? Uh, no, like what happened was, you know, I guess I was looking at clips from different movies, and I also was looking at myself and my name and mm-hmm. my channel, and a couple clips came up from different movies I've been in, and uh, she's like, oh, watch this, so... I started watching it, and um, is it weird? Mm-hmm. No. In fact, I wouldn't have even watched it if you didn't say watch it. Because, like, Johnny Depp doesn't watch himself. He thinks it's weird. Yeah, I saw that he said that, mm-hmm. and that kind of affected me. But, Why? Um, well, I never really... I would see myself, and then once you... Once you do the project, the movie, you do it. Mm-hmm. Then you see kind of like a beginning cut of it, like through um, like a screening, like a pre-screening, mm-hmm. if you're lucky. So then you see that, and then you go to the premiere, mm-hmm. and then you watch that. Um, I mean, that's like almost three times, because like you watched it at the premiere, you saw a pre-screening, and then you did it. Mm-hmm. Now you it's might done. not, yeah. You might not have seen other people's stuff, mm-hmm. but you got to see your stuff. So you figured out, okay, well, I did it. So that's plenty. And then when you're first starting out in your career, I remember like I would see something come on like MTV. I would see like a rerun of Scream, and I'd be like, oh, and I would like stop for a minute, mm. and then like I'd watch my scene, and then. I would be like, oh, that's cool. And then I would just change the channel. And now, I mean, I see a lot of different stuff, but I don't even, I don't, not only do I not watch it, I don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. I don't even notice it sometimes that it's me in a movie. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and that's a good place for me to be. Yeah. And then I think, like, I saw that David Letterman interview with Johnny Depp, and he was like, said that he's like, oh, there's that. There's that man over there doing that thing. There's that guy doing that thing, and that's him. And uh, all right, he did that. I gotta work on my dad. You know, I uh, gotta. That was me doing. There was some guy over there doing that thing. But he, I was really inspired by that because you talk about a, a loss of ego. Yeah, he does it. I don't think he does it and doesn't want to watch himself. I just think he does it, and he's like. He's done with it. It's out of his system. Mm-hmm. It's almost purged his creative yeah. self of that part. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like in the universe now. And uh, I don't. I think he probably doesn't even. I think he's one of the rare people who does not care care about fame mm-hmm. or all the glory that comes with this profession. I think he probably is just a little beautiful little gem that was discovered, and he was pulled into it. And I the little bit I know about him, I mean, it seems like he was. He was discovered and pulled in. I don't. I think like he Nicholas Cage wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was wanted playing to, in a coffee shop or something. His yeah, I think Johnny Depp was really a musician, mm-hmm. and it doesn't even seem like he wanted to be a rock star. He just really enjoyed music. Like this. There is a lot of people in this town that say something. I believe that. I really believe that he is a mm-hmm. guy that would just be happy playing a guitar. And superstardom just came to him by accident. And he's fine with it. But I don't think, I just think, I think he's a true artist. Oh. That was a long-winded answer, but I appreciate you letting me get it out. That's good for our future questions. Um. So when you look at scenes or things from the 90s that you did, do you feel like you still look the same? No. <laughs> Nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> um, there was a look I had in the 90s where I had like a goatee a lot and longer, whatever, sideburns, and, and then my hair was like more spiky, and that was like a 90s thing. But uh, no, and I was more sucked up. Mm-hmm. I'd like to drop a couple. But look, if I shaved and I cut my hair the way it was and maybe added a few little more hairs on the top. I wouldn't look that much different. I'd probably have to drop about 15. But, yeah, but I don't look like that. But I can get to that area, if you will. But I don't mind it because you evolve. Your gut evolves. Yes. But, okay, so now you're like an obsessor and I see you obsess over things. Did you do that back then too? yes and no i what i did was when i came to la i i thought i was living very free minded i was um you know we would say shit in philly we would joke with each other and you know this was a weird term but if like some dude did something that was like you know douchey or something you would say you're a jit bag now, you don't even know what that means. No, you? I've never heard that. Yo, why are you being a fucking jet bag? You can say whatever you wanted in Philly. And then when I came out here in the late 80s, I gave the finger to somebody on the freeway, and they chased me down, and they I'll never forget this, they threw a can of Coke at me, <laughs> at my car. What did you drive? I, I don't know, I was driving some shitty, I had a shitty Subaru, but like really old. Mm-hmm. And it went... By the car. Wow. And he's like, fuck you, puto. Like, <laughs> he, th- and he was really mad. People were psycho. And so I started getting on edge. And then when I started, you know, making headway in Hollywood, I realized, like, if you say the wrong thing, it's like people could get butt hurt, offended, mm-hmm. or you might piss off somebody in power. Yeah. And then that, that person, like, affects, like, whether you eat that month or like your career or a recommendation. And so it's like, so I became, so I had to calm down the natural psycho who I am. (laughs) Yeah. That's like when I see people on stage who are too calm, new comics, I'm like, oh man, I want to fucking go up there and shake them. Like a ragdoll. Yeah, because (laughs) what they're trying to do is keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. But really inside they're like, "Ah, ah," and I want them to freak out. Were you like that at that well, time? Well, in on? the beginning when I started comedy, mm-hmm. I was a wild man. Yeah. And people were freaked out by me. So then I had to prove that I could contain myself and have an act. Yeah. So I kind of went into a, a more of a nice, controlled, you know, blah, 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 blah. And people liked it and I started getting progress that way, but it wasn't fun for me. And now, you know, I'm a wild animal again, but with a message. Before, I was just a free wild animal. And certain people really liked it, but a lot of people were freaked out. And the same with an audition. When I'd go in, I'd be like, what are you guys doing? Well, fuck, let's do this. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care. I had a guy um, who you know, but it's too long a backstory, who came in and went audition for me one time for a project and broke a chair. And all the producers were freaking out. And I was crying, laughing. 
And I'm like, I'm like, he's really good. We got to consider him. And he's like, that lunatic. I'm like, it's fuck. He's passionate. Yeah. And he didn't get it only because I had the power. I didn't have enough power. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm like, you don't, that's what you want. You want a psycho in art. Yeah. And so do I obsess now? Uh, More again, because, you know, like I said, I want to make myself, you know, people are so, everybody is so fucking on edge Mm -hmm. these days. You say the wrong fucking thing. So, yes, I do. But I will say, I mean, you know me, I'm way less obsessive since this pandemic because I kind of don't give a shit. And I think everybody is pretty much in a place of what's really important. You know, I think a lot of people that let their guard down. Did you have to pursue women before your movies and then afterwards, is that when women started throwing themselves at you? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, obviously, it changed once, you know, mm-hmm. you start coming out in movies and because people recognize you. It's like, yeah. like I say, it's like the equivalent of being a zoo animal. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. don't usually see an alpaca, you know, at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. But you see them at the zoo, and you're like, oh, that's a cute alpaca. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, that's the alpaca from this. What are you doing? Oh, my God, what are you doing here? You know, so it's, <laughs> you're, you're kind of in normal society where you should not be. So when people recognize you, mm-hmm. you know, it could be a treat for them or it could piss them off. They may not like you. Or Where was the first place you went to when somebody recognized you? God, let me sorry. hold that thought. If you have a question, write, write it, down. it down. Yes, Jamie. Because then you fuck my train up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's why a lot of podcasts annoy me because they step over it before they finish the whole thought. But I don't want to forget. And you're so write it down. Okay, okay, okay. So when they see you, they, they recognize you and mm-hmm. like, you know, there's a little bit of like, bah, bah, like whatever, right? And so when you're first starting out- mm-hmm. You know, and you talk about my obsession. I wanted to make sure everybody got felt good and blah blah blah. So, oh. um, and I mean, I still do, but I, it's like yeah. you know, there's just going to be awkward encounters sometimes, and I can't control them. But um, I would say I uh, I didn't really pursue women, but I had to if I wanted to hang out. <laughs> I definitely had to put. <laughs> <laughs> working for sure oh. but i will say obviously it became easier after i started getting success and fame but i will say once i was on my road though mm-hmm. it was more easy because i was always with the lms what i call like-minded so if i was in a scene study class and you did a good scene and there's a cute girl in there although the teacher highly highly pushed against it he knew he couldn't stop it but, you know, you may, you know, sometimes maybe hook up with one or somebody in your class. And if you had a scene partner, he really didn't want you to do that. But, you know, you might hook up with your scene partner. People were doing that. and Or other classes. And so, or in comedy clubs in the beginning, you know, other comics hook up or somebody sees you and they may like you and they talk to you. And, I mean, I was in the early 90s. I was performing in only coffee houses before really Starbucks was a thing. And so, yeah, I mean, you... It was easier because I was in the community that I fit in Mm -hmm. and people liked me. So they saw a spark and they thought, so I was already in a better situation than being where I was like growing up in Philly because in Philly I was always kind of like, they were always like, I didn't fit into the, you know, get married, you know, go to college, get a job. I wasn't a docker type of dude, (laughs) you know, and I wasn't like a. Yeah. A fucking, fuck you, dude. A fucking, watch the fucking Eagles every week guy. So I was like my own little thing. Yeah. And people didn't know where to place me. But in LA, people looked at me as like a, a crazy person, but they, they liked it. Yeah. So, but definitely easier. Um, Did they throw themselves at me? I wouldn't say that. Well, now they kind of do. Ah, no, stop it. Sorry. It's, <laughs> but I, I can't even tell. Yeah. I, I can't tell. I think somebody's just being friendly. Yeah. I can't tell. Um, did your close family or friends treat you differently? I mean, sometimes they get a little aggressive. I know. I've been there. When, <laughs> yeah. Like we're walking casually and people just come up and grab you. I'm like, what are you doing? If, if you did that to a girl, it would be, you'd be done. But women can do that to men, which I think I'm like, why is that allowed? Yeah. They, they'll, they'll grab a little bit, but you know, it's, it comes from a place of love. 
Oh, well. Yep. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, did your family or friends treat you differently once you started, once they saw you, like, in your first movie? <sighs> Is that a dumb question? No. That's a pretty good question. I think I've been asked that a few times, but not that much. But, um, yeah, yes and no. Like, I, th- like, I wasn't, you know, we're, I just was getting used to Instagram today, like, of how you promote yourself. And it's just, it's just not the way it was. You know, you don't really know that because you were growing up when this was all starting to happen for me. And, Everyone else talked about you. You didn't ever talk about yourself. You were fucking humble and you, that's the best way. Let people talk about you. You don't talk about yourself. It's fucking disgusting. Mm -hmm. But now we live in the me, me, me culture, right? And um, so I never really said shit. I was always be a, you know, don't talk about it, be about it. And, um, you know, I started getting stuff and I remember Mary. Mm Mm-hmm. Mary, my sister, she's like, you was on TV last night. Aww. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, you didn't tell nobody. And I was like, hey, I told you I was going to do this, you know, and because they never really asked. Yeah. Because my family's a whole other bag of... Another pod. Yeah. But <laughs> so then they see me and they're like, oh my God. This is like when yeah. doing a guest spot on TV really mattered because it was like eight o'clock. Boom. Wait, is this where you talked about your dad and the cigarettes and the jokes and stuff? No. Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it was when I was on Ellen and they were so like, my sister was like, oh my God. And then I started getting stuff and then people, I, just, I started doing movies and I didn't say shit because... Mm-hmm. Only the super close people knew. And I didn't know what it was either. I just knew I got hired. I didn't know how big my parts were going to be. I didn't know. Or if you were even going to make it in. Yeah, I knew. I I was raised by good people in L.A. in the sense where they always said, you know, um, this is a good story. I had a a mentor Mm -hmm. who who was a teacher. Yeah. And uh, one of the finest teachers of, of... acting and and life you know i i hate this i don't really say like i took an acting class i took more like a took like a um took like a psychology class in a way because you know i was i was learned a method of how to express yourself you know and i had this teacher by the name of tom Patton. is he still alive I believe so, yeah. Oh. He's a young, healthy guy. Well, I thought George Carlin was still alive. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know these days. <laughs> Learning can <Continue>. be fun. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so he he's an amazing teacher, mm-hmm. an amazing mentor. Yeah. And he's a no-bullshit type of guy. Mm. He breaks down things like what life is. To like five things. That's what you need in life and that's it. And he, God, he he was so fascinating. He he was in a movie called The Outsiders. Oh. Do you remember that movie? I think so. Well, it was like the movie, one of the movies that raised me. Wait, did they remake it or is there another movie called The Outsiders? No, it was a movie with Outsiders with CT. You met CT. Yeah. So CT was the star. Okay. Okay, he was Pony Boy. Okay. (laughs) And he really didn't age. I mean, he looks a little different, but he was, you know, he was the star. He still looks like Pony Boy. Yeah. And then you had Matt Dillon, Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez. Oh, wow. Rob Lowe. Like, the stud of stud of stud of stud. Yeah. Then you had the other side, Leif Garrett and a group called the Socias. Okay. And you had Diane Lane, just everybody, just like. They're all in one movie. All in one movie. I have to see this movie. I don't know. Oh, it's, it. you have to, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's royalty. Okay. It's royalty. It's based off a book, S.E. Hinton, called The Outsiders. Okay. And it's, it's Francis Ford Coppola and it's, it's magical. So it's a really amazing movie. And Ralph Macchio, forgive me if I forget anybody. Anyway, this movie raised me, came out when I was like 12. And it was just like the coolest people. And the man, when I started becoming an actor, was Mm -hmm. in that movie. Did he have a big part? He had a good part. He was one of the socials. 
So the Soches were the guys that beat up the greasers. And so he was Leaf Garrett, the other like great looking guy's mm-hmm. right hand. Got it. And I believe he was from Oklahoma or somewhere. And anyway, his whole family came out, whatever. Huge premiere. I think it was Man's Chinese, he told us. And he goes and he just watches himself. And he's got all these scenes. And then on the screen, it's just Leaf Garrett talking in his head like this. <laughs> and he said it. My head popped in like four times, and that was it. Oh! And I remember so because I'm like, I remember you, dude. I didn't yeah. remember when he was teaching me acting. I'm like, oh my god, you were in that movie. Like, holy shit, that was your head. <laughs> wow! And he said that just fucked him up because he thought he had a big part. He was on his way, mm-hmm. and as you know, you can get edited out. Yeah. And his family came out and everybody was real supportive. It's okay, you can get another one. But it taught him this lesson of, you know, don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Be about it. Yeah. And he 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 that's what so I so that was a beautiful story and he's an amazing guy. And he basically was always like, Don't, you know, just let your work speak for yourself. Shut up, do your work, and people will find it if you're good. And so yeah, so I didn't really tell people shit. Wow. You should bring him on the pod. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It would. It'd be interesting. I'll make a note of that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Okay. Wait, were we done with that question? I was done. Okay. <laughs> Let yourself flow. Got it, Jamie. Duh. Okay, so I read in your book, I read your book. Um, Thank was, you. Yeah, you're welcome. It was really good, actually. Thank and you. Um, I remember you saying that when you were first coming up in comedy that you would get bumped a lot when you were just like an open micer and right. Uh, and they'd be like, Oh no. Like you'd wait in line and you'd leave your job and quit your job like on the spot to go try to get a little spot at the improv or something. Right. Yes. And they'd be like, no, sorry. Someone else is coming in. That could happen. Yes. But didn't that happen to you? Yes. Okay. So once you started like getting your movies and stuff, like did that affect your comedy or like getting spots and stuff or completely. Wow. So okay. I would, I would, so what you're referring to is a story I told you is, um, is I got a job, like it was really hard to survive in LA. Yeah. So as you know, in my book, I was living behind a refrigerator. Yeah. So I was in, I lived in Koreatown mm-hmm. on Normandy and third, which is now hipster. Mm-hmm. But at the time. It was gangster. Ew. It was, you know, intense. And this was before the riots, and I lived there through the riots. And so I lived with a guy by the name of Jeff Hawk. I don't know where you are, Jeff. <laughs> Good to see you. And Jeff was a stand-in for Woody Harrelson on Cheers. Oh, okay. And he looked a lot like Woody. Yeah. And he was from... Colorado. He's like a real muscular, good looking kind of Colorado type of dude. Great attitude. Nothing gets you down, dude. Yeah. And he used to like leave notes to the producers. I remember this of how uh, Woody Boyd needed a a brother. (laughs) And so he would like. (laughs) Leave his picture around to yeah. the producers and be like, look at Beryl. He's like, Earl Boyd. Yeah. Or somebody Boyd. <laughs> like, he always named him. He's like, Bill yeah. Boyd. <laughs> or whatever Woody. I think it was Woody Boyd on Cheers. Yeah. And so he would do that. And he was getting successful. And I think they kind of thought it was funny, but it was also like he was like right on the borderline there, maybe annoying him. I'm not sure. Anyway, he rented out that room mm-hmm. to me where the refrigerator back part went in and I slept in that little like Harry Potter kind of a little a little <laughs> bigger but ish but it wasn't it was literally a hole in the wall oh. and um it's all in my book by the way I have put a link to it but mm-hmm. so at that time I was I the sign up spots were uh they were Monday nights at the improv in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. which you don't know. Mm-hmm. The improv had a Santa Monica on Third Street, and it was oh. dope. 
and you would go down mm-hmm. and they would have potluck Mondays. Oh. And it was to the point where you could kind of sign up mm-hmm. and maybe get on that night for two minutes. And it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was in Santa Monica and it was a big basement. It was yeah. like a real gritty but amazing room. Um, then that closed. So then I used to, you have to sign up every Monday at the improv. And then when you get picked, you would get a spot and your spot might not be for three or four weeks to try to become, to showcase, to potential. it's called new faces. And then from that, and you become a regular new face and then you have to show, and then if you do that, you don't have to pick anymore, but you have to do a bunch of signups to try to get picked and then become a new face. And then once you become a, a semi-regular face, then you get on the new face more and then you eventually don't have to sign up anymore. So it's really important when you get that spot because you are like, you're fucking waiting. You might be waiting three weeks to get four minutes on a Monday night. Mm -hmm. And it's a fucking showcase night. It's like the club is watching you. Yeah. Um, You know, people are there. You, you know, you worked all your stuff in the open mics and hopefully you have enough time. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was hard for me to make a living. And so I finally got a job at Mrs. Gooch's. <laughs> Mrs. Gooch's in Beverly Hills. And Mrs. Gooch's was eventually bought out by Whole Foods. Oh, wow. Is it still there? It's still there, but it's now it's called a Whole Foods. And Mrs. Gooch was Sandy Gooch. It's a lot of backstory. <laughs> was basically the, the health food lady of Beverly Hills. And to get the job was a big fucking deal. And How'd you do it? I went in. I think somebody told me another comedian or someone. And I went in and I I applied. And I was like kissed ass. And <laughs> they said, are you willing to work full time? And, blah, blah, blah. and I became a cashier. But it's like a two-week hardcore training like intense intense thing because you have to learn like the difference between like a mandarin you know a tie you know some kind of mandarin orange and a regular tangerine orange and all this shit <laughs> anyway i had a sign up night i had to leave two hours and after before my shift ended, i said i have to leave i have a sign up and i have to go and showcase and they said if you leave you can't leave your shift two hours early i go i know but we're not that busy and i have to because I have a showcase and they go, yeah, but just as Mrs. Gooch's were open till 10, yeah. you, you know, it doesn't matter. You have to blow your sign up. I go, no, I waited three weeks for the spot. If I don't do this spot, I might not get another spot. And if I don't, I might not get another spot for another two months. And I might, they might be mad. I missed it. I can't do it. And he goes, are you willing to risk your job to go for a potential for a spot? And I said, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. I didn't come out here to become a checker. Yeah. And they go, go. But when you go, don't come back. So when I left, and I went to do my spot. <laughs> and I got bumped. Oh. And I forget who it was, but it was somebody. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? Who's this guy? Why did he bump me? And he goes... Because he's on TV. <laughs> and the guy's like, he's got commercials. Mm-hmm. And I go, but I waited my time. I waited my fucking three weeks. I did my fucking time. I worked my four minutes. I had my four minutes plan. I want to go up. And he goes, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. That guy's on fucking TV. That's why he goes, he goes, you don't have any fucking credits. He goes, you get bumped. That's what it happens. You wait to the next comic. And then what happens is when you get bumped, which by the way, is everyone's right to do, mm-hmm. but they just, no one knows the backstory of what people are going through. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I kind of don't, you know, you see me, I really don't want to bump anybody mm-hmm. now because I understand the bumpingness. And yeah, and you've always, you're so nice that you're like, oh, I'll just do 12 minutes instead of 15. Or, or, I, yeah, or I say, you want to go before me? Yeah. Like, I don't have nothing going on tonight. Yeah. But so once you get bumped, you get bumped and then you hopefully will go on right after. Mm-hmm. Well, then if there's more comics that are supposed to go after you and they have more um, they're higher on the food chain. Right. They just might want to go. Mm-hmm. So the next thing you know, you're two, three, five, six, eight, nine comics deep. And so you left your job 
at Sandy Gooch's, which becomes Whole Foods, <laughs> yeah. to do your showcase spot that you never got to showcase, and you go up at maybe twelve fifty at night mm-hmm. for two people, and then you go back and try to get your job, and it's gone. Oh. <laughs> so it was a big lesson for me, though, that I realized, you know, and you know, who's ever watching that. <sighs> I thought if you play by the rules in comedy mm-hmm. that you you got your two minutes and you got your four minutes and you got your audition and your new face spot and then if you did well and you got another new face and you weren't then it's not. It yeah. was, they, they wanted to they wanted credits and they wanted to see butts in the seats and if you come up organically and you just keep killing and that's one way to do it that's one way to do it but there are ways to jump the line it doesn't mean you're going to be a better comedian but you can jump the line in terms of people giving you favors because they recognize you yeah so you know and i didn't plan on that route i just would try to go any way i could and audition and do different shows and all the stuff and then i got an agent and blah blah blah, a lot of stuff happened but once i started getting stuff it was a lot easier to get spots. And so the four minutes that I had that was tight probably went to eight minutes. Wow. Which is not a lot <laughs> yeah. because I didn't work mm-hmm. enough because I wasn't getting any spots because I was too busy acting. Yeah. So, you know, so had I done it that way, I probably would have had 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's not fair to somebody that was in the system that didn't have the recognition that had a strong 20 minutes. Yeah. So it's... It's a little bit of thing, but yes, it. I went from never being able to get a spot for a long time to then getting spots. Nice. And so it was a mismatch. It should have been a little more spots in the beginning and a little less spots when I started getting famous to work up to it. Did you ever confront the guy that got you bumped once you made it? No, and I have a lot of stories, and I'll tell them one day of who's been who's bumped me. But no, okay. They're, some of these people are iconic. I know, but it'd be really funny to be like, hey, just so you know. I can't even tell. <laughs> Listen, some of the people that bump me, mm-hmm. you know. Really? Name. You don't know, but yeah. But so, I know. yeah. But you, you got to. I mean, you're, you're a fucking <laughs> peon and they're fucking, you, you know them from TV or movie right. and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> so it was, so it is kind of like it is like how you saw it now. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. The names of that era would come in, like yeah. how you go to the improv or the store, or the factory. Now you never know who will roll in, right? I mean, the star it could be the biggest comic in the world, mm-hmm. you know, or it could just be a bunch of unknowns. You never know, but you never know. And so, that time was like that, yeah. And then from 2015 until pandemic was like that in town. And then I would say probably from 2000 to 2015, it wasn't as popping like mm-hmm. that but that's how it was in the in the nine in the 90s it was fucking wow. people would just you never know who would roll in who was the biggest name you saw in the 90s that were just like random when you were doing your stuff um well you would i mean listen at the improv you, you know seinfeld would just roll in do a set and he was the biggest tv star in the world would Eddie murphy come in Eddie, I didn't see. Uh, Roseanne would pop in. Tim Allen. Also, these are the number one sitcoms in television, and they're popping in. Um, um, Drew Carey, had Drew Carey show, he'd pop in. Uh, I always see Damon Wayans. I'd see... I'd see... um, Ellen would pop. Ellen was doing stuff. You would see all the luminaries of today mm-hmm. would pop in. And then a lot of people that were waiting yeah. to go up because these guys popped in would go on after. So Chris Rock would go on after. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, um, oh, I can think of, you know, Adam Sandler would be waiting to go on. I mean, wow. so that's like, so you got here and you got yeah. these guys who are there, who are there. And then, and then I'm getting bumped by somebody beneath them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's getting fucking, you take your fucking hits, man. And you fucking just happy to be in the same building. Yeah. 
Where was the first regular place you were at when you were recognized as being the guy from Scream? Oh, I mean, that's not that exciting, but I can tell you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was eating sushi with my family. Uh-huh. And I took them to Breckenridge, mm. Colorado. It was at a sushi restaurant, and I got recognized, and the girl goes, Oh, my God, I just saw you, and before my shift, you were in that movie, and you were screaming all these rules. Holy crap, can I have your autograph? It was the first time uh-huh. I ever saw an autograph in my life. It was in Colorado, Breckenridge, December 1996, opening weekend of Scream mm-hmm. at a sushi restaurant on the back of my... Receipt? No. Uh, Menu? Your place setting. Oh. Yeah. It was bomb sushi, by the way. What did your parents say? You, my dad was like, <laughs> you want his autograph? <laughs> Whoa. My mom was like, oh, that's, that's neat. Why is that? Like, they didn't know what to expect. Okay. who Can you say at least who was the biggest name <clears throat> that started recognizing you as you? And you were like, oh, my God, they know who I am. Say that again. Who was the what? Like, was there like another big star that you knew? And then all of a sudden they knew who you were and you were like, oh, my God, they know who I am. Ooh, that's a good question. Now, that's a good question. Um, I re- that's a really good question because I remember reading that. I remember seeing an art, uh, an interview with Leo, and he said like he knew he was on something when Brendan Fraser said, "Hey, I like your stuff. Mm-hmm. I liked you in that role." And Leo was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> so uh, I think he said that. I'm, don't quote me. I'm pretty sure. I who said that? Uh, okay, this is, a, this is an interesting one. Um, I, 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 too, I, I mean, I probably can, I can name them different ones, but I'll tell you the simplest ones was, uh, was uh, one time I was at this, I was at the Scream 2 premiere, mm-hmm. and um, Christina Ricci was there, mm. and this was 90. Seven, so I guess Adam she already done a ton of stuff mm-hmm. the mermaid movie with Cher and um, Adam's family and stuff and she just came up to me mm-hmm. and she was like I think you're really good mm-hmm. I really liked you in this movie Oh, she was so sweet yeah. and I was like thank you and she's like yeah <laughs> I think you were really good I really liked you in this movie <laughs> and I was like Really? She's like, yeah. <laughs> you were really good. And we just, <laughs> she was so sweet to me. And I was like, thank you. And I was so blown away. And it was like premieres, you know, there's yeah. it's crazy people, especially that one. There's yeah. so many people there. People grabbing you. You're doing interviews. You're talking to somebody. Your mom's over there fucking flirting with somebody, <laughs> you know, and it's like all, all types of stuff is happening. And yeah. So I was... I was like, wow, and then I think I got pulled away or she got pulled away or whatever, but that was really cool that yeah. she was nice to me. Yeah. And um, then I saw Matthew Perry, oh. and then he was talking to uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. and then I went up to him, and I was like, after he was done, I was like, man, I just want to tell you friends. He's like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. He's like, thanks. And then he went away. And I was kind of like, oh, man. Mm. I thought we'd have like a little bit longer convo. Yeah. And then I saw him talking to somebody. And they pointed at me. And then he goes, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he looked over. Mm. Like, he kind of, he didn't blow me off. But he yeah. was just busy but I mean he was talking to Quentin Tarantino he's probably going over there to talk to Drew Barrymore or someone yeah. else I mean it was, it was a crazy premiere so then he went like this to me he was like and he gave me like a thumbs up and I thought yeah. that was really sweet Aww. that he cause he was like was cool but he was like rushed but he had a lot going on and mm-hmm. I guess he realized that was me he didn't really that first so yeah. so I mean yeah I mean I have different stories but that was I remember Christina Ricci was kind of my Mm-hmm. first person that gave me a compliment that I saw in movies before I ever knew I was going to be an actor. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Have you ever been in a public place and heard somebody talking about you that didn't know you were there? That's a great fucking question. Thank you. I came up with it myself. <laughs> um, yes. 
Really? Yes. And what do they say? Oh, God. You know how my brain is like going? Yeah. It's weird because there's stuff that gets spurred and I'm like, oh my God, I don't fucking remember that. And then it's like, but there's like pockets of my life that I forget and then people remind me and I'm like, oh, damn, that's right. We did that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I've had like terrible cliches, like literally like, okay, so there was a new internet company and my agents were really pushing me in 2005 to like be the face of this company and I was like excited is it still around no oh and uh it was fucking great it was called ripe tv okay and ripe was going to be the place where i could take all my ideas and make shows and it was going to be tv shows from the internet and mm-hmm. they were really like pushing new types of tv was it kind of like youtube before youtube ish or like roku no, it was it was YouTube-ish. Mm. You remember, everything was buffering because it was an 05. Dial-up internet. So <laughs> it was the summer mm-hmm. of 05, and YouTube really popped off in December of 05. Okay. And I think YouTube was came out in the summer of 05, but really no one really heard of it until Lazy Sunday. And that's when it really got popping. But So it was kind of before then, but they, you know, there was a few of these platforms. Mm-hmm. And I was the host of a dating show. Really? Yeah, and they paid me a f- fuckload of money mm-hmm. for, and the agent's like, look, if it works, you know, we can figure out if you're going to host it or not. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. No one's ever going to see it. It's on the internet. Mm-hmm. And you, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to make, you know, X amount of money. Yeah. So I went to New York and I did the presentation for it. And they flew me there and I was like the, you know, presenting the show and all the stuff and mm-hmm. so you do that for tv but then they were doing it for the internet yeah and so they have a lot of advertising so it's a smaller ceremony but it's still awesome and there's a ton of like you know it's like a party where like you know all the girls walk around and like they're the ripe tv girls and all that like a like a maxim party mm-hmm. anyway i did this presentation and uh I was, you know, starting to, like, lose my hair a little bit. And so I go in. <laughs> and, you know, like, haters hate. It was like a true haters hate. I mean, they weren't wrong, but they were a little bit of haters. Yeah. So I w- literally went to the toilet. um, And I went to pee. And then <laughs> two people came in. Yeah. And I was in the stall. And they're like, fucking Jamie Kennedy, you see him out there? And the guy's like, yeah. And he's like, he's fucking funny, man. He's bald as shit, though. You see his fucking scalp yarmulke? He's fucking bald. <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, fuck his bald ass. He was like, and then he started going, like, he ain't shit. So, like, it started from, like, they were complimentary <laughs> yeah. to my head to then, fuck him. He ain't shit. Oh, my God. Because, like, I had this whole section, so it was yeah. a lot of tension on me. And they literally just kept peeing. And they were talking about, like, yo, you see that girl? Let's talk to her. Like, two drunk fucking, like, ad executives. Oh, God. And I just literally waited, like, a bad scene until they left. (laughs) Went to the mirror. And I was just like. Oh, Jamie. Like. You didn't even have the phone back then like that. I was going to say. I had a sidekick. I don't even know how to do it. Like, there was nothing you can do. You can't. There's no other mirror. It wasn't a good phone camera. Right. So I was just like, so I don't, I just remember, (laughs) like, covering up my head and just kind of slinking out. I was like, okay. And that wasn't even about a. Yeah anything big that was just like an internet thing that they hated they hated my bald crown oh my god and then i've done sets though mm-hmm. where people talk shit in the about you after the show if you happen to go to the bathroom you might hear some shit really but remember in calgary that lady that was heckling me and then um. she went to the bathroom and the other lady who Love the shows, like yeah, these girls were heckling you, and then they were saying all this shit about you in the bathroom, and then they were the same oh, yes, girls yes, that were yes. trying to get a picture. Yeah, and they were drunk and grabbing. They were drunk and grabbing so me, annoying. and they were like apparently, you know, slagging me off in the toilet. Yeah, but then when they came out, they they wanted a picture. Mm-hmm. 
So it's all that psychology yeah. of, you know, like, they're too cool for school with their friends, but then they sneakily want a picture, and mm-hmm. then they'll probably take the picture and then make fun of you at work and say, look at this dork. And yeah. It's complicated. Scandalous. Yeah, it's complicated. But yes, it does happen. What was your most awkward bathroom encounter? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just mean, think of that. Meaning what? <laughs> Not sexual, just like. Jesus. Just like. Who says that happens? Like, have you ever been like peeing and then like someone's like, hey, can I get an autograph? Like, um, you are you, you definitely have stuff in the stall mm-hmm. where you're peeing and someone recognizes <laughs> you and they're like. Oh shit, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. And you literally got your unit in your hand. Mm-hmm. And they got their unit in their hand. Now this has definitely happened. And the guy will shake and go, Hey! Like oh that. God. Like, hey! Like, <laughs> are you out of your fucking mind? Hey! Like, yeah. like, I don't care who the fuck. I don't care if the Pope was there. I don't care. Maybe if I didn't go through this process of fame, I would be yeah. freaked out. There, but I would. I don't care Michael Jackson's corpse was there. I still would never... Hey, like, dude, <laughs> yeah. you got your hand on your fucking grease monkey. <laughs> like, it, that has happened to me at least twice where people yeah. tried to shake my hand mid shake of their dick. Oh my god! And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so then I'm and like, I'm politely- like, oh, no, I just I don't polite. You know me. I'm like, dude, you just fucking touch. Like, wash. We can elbow bump. He's yeah. like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like you have to like kind of remind them. <laughs> yeah. But they're you? like, we'll be a minute. They'll for a second they'll forget. Or some yeah. people, if you don't do it, they'll be, like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I was just fine. <laughs> yeah, but like mid unit, like you know, I can only imagine someone's like mid wipe. Hey. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> oh my god. And I mean, listen, it's great. I understand. It's weird moments, you know, mm-hmm. like when you have those moments. But um, yeah, I mean that was. Usually, though, people don't recognize you in the bathroom. They're too busy looking forward. Well, you made me think of that because when you said Calgary and when we did that convention, too, and these guys, they saw you go to the bathroom. He was like, I had to go to the bathroom, but Jamie Kennedy just walked in there. And I was like, so go. And he was like, no, but I want to get a picture with him. And I was like, okay, so then wait till he's done. Like, it was so awkward. And then they stood there and they waited for you until you He out. wouldn't go to the bathroom because I was in the bathroom? Yes. But he wanted to take a picture with you, but he didn't want to go bother you in the bathroom, but he had to go to the bathroom. He didn't want to follow me to the toilet. Right. And then he like stood there and then he was like, wait, you know, Jamie. And I was like, yes. And then, and then it was like so awkward. And then they're like, can you take a picture for us? And I was like, okay. And then I took a picture outside the Yeah. Toilet. I think they gave you free t-shirts too. <laughs> it was so nice. Well, they were respectful. Oh, they didn't yeah. want to roll up on the toilet mid squat. Hey, Jamie, can I get? Yeah. But they yeah. were like so shocked. They're like, I have to go to the bathroom, but I can't because Jamie just went in there. They were being cute. very respectful. Yes. They were so nice. I mean, so people are generally great. You know, it's usually just, you know who, drunk. White. Women. Warriors. (laughs) Drunk. Wait, what do we call them? White wine warriors. White wine warriors, yes. They've now been replaced by the term Karen, but that was the original term I gave them. (laughs) The triple dubs, white wine warriors. And to get that third Chablis in them. gang signs. (laughs) No, I didn't. That's white wine warrior. Oh. They get that third Chablis in them. And then... Is on. <laughs> they know everything. Yes. Um, but people are generally, you know, very sweet. We're very sweet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mm. Last question. Why do you think Hollywood is so fake? Why do I think Hollywood is so fake? Or why do I say it's so fake? Why is it so fake? Oh. That's a good question. Um. Well, it's fake because people. Well, it do, Hollywood doesn't attract the most healthiest people. Let's just start there. Yeah. Right. Like it. It attracts people that feel like there's something missing in them, and so you come to Hollywood to express yourself or to reinvent yourself or to become something that you felt you weren't recognized for in your life. Now you can say like, Oh, you know, I had a, some girl tell me one time, you know who she is. And she was like, I just act because I like to act. I'm like, yeah. 
AK. <laughs> How's lying to yourself? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you just wanted to act mm-hmm. and that's all you wanted to do, then you would just do local theater. Yeah. And you would never leave your town because you can get a lot of acting work that way mm-hmm. and you can have so much fun. Yeah. And if you wanted to do just stand up mm-hmm. and express yourself, you could stay in your town mm-hmm. and do it and put your stuff on the internet and be great. And I'm not saying people don't want to rise within the ranks of what they're doing, yeah. but there's a reason why you want to rise. You know, it could be money, it could be ego, it could be because you want to get your message out, it could be because you feel like you need to prove something. There's a lot of reasons. Yeah. But very rarely is it just to show the world your art. Like I said about Johnny Depp, I really do believe he is just an artist Mm -hmm. and superstardom stumbled upon him. Yeah. Really, it's like... Johnny Depp happened to superstardom. Like he's already a natural superstar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they pulled him out. He was always going to be that interesting, fascinating person. Um, but it's fake because you see all the machinations. You see how people are. You see how, oh, they they align themselves with what's popular or what they think is hot at the moment. They align themselves with things that they think will help them become a thing. Mm -hmm. And um, it's painful. Yeah. That's painful because they rarely align themselves with what's good. And so you can be good. And good is going to have great times and good is going to have bad times. But it doesn't mean good is not good. It just means good is not having a good moment. Damn, that was good. That's deep. <laughs> right? But good is having a bad moment. Yeah. But when good has a bad moment, it doesn't mean he's not good. We just not be hot. The problem with the town is, is it follows so much of what other people think there's very few people in our town that have a conviction believe in it and stand by it and go fuck yes and when this is shit they're behind it and ride it all the way to glory or when something is at glory and then shits the bed, sticks with it, and goes, you're still great. We're going to go back to glory. Yeah. And, you know, it's it eats up fucking people. It eats up. It's not, it's not the town. Hollywood is fucking... Hollywood is beautiful. I highly recommend it for anybody. Um... But, you know, it's a life. You're not... It's not a trip. It's... You know, I mean, you won't do it. It will do you like you'll have to whatever your journey is. You'll succeed if you want to succeed, meaning you if you cannot not succeed. That's it's that's as simple. So if you feel like you're going to die, if you do not succeed, you will succeed. Did you ever come close to feeling like you were going to give up? Oh, yeah. Big time. And what kept you going? I had nothing else. I had absolutely nothing else. That's so good because so many people I feel like are like, oh, I have a backup plan. But like if you don't have one, then it's like you don't have one. So it's like you have to do it, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I was already struggling Mm -hmm. and living in shit. (laughs) So uh, I'm just going to give up my dream. Mm -hmm. And then what? Yeah. Struggle and live in shit. With no hope? Yeah. So you can't have a backup plan. Let me explain that to you. I mean, everyone should know this by now. You know, Ralph's used to sell books. And uh, you could get a good biography in there for like two bucks. And Madonna 
had some biography or something. And it was she had so many good quotes, man. Really? Oh, she's incredible. You know, she said, becoming a global icon is a full-time job. It is plan A all the way. There will be no time for plan B. If you have time for plan B, you're not going to get plan A. So all those people with backup plans and stuff all should be just swept away. Get them all away from me. Get them all out of your life. Get all these backup plans. Kick them (laughs) off the streets. Mm -hmm. Take their uh, California driver's license. They should never be around. Yeah. Because they're the death of what you're trying to do, what anyone is trying to do. What you're trying to do is you're not doing it for all of these reasons. You're doing it because you have to do it. See, what I'm trying to tell you is it's, like you say, upset. I get obsessed. I get obsessed. And I can't stop. And if I don't fucking get it out, I will fucking do something. Mm-hmm. I'll go crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, but I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. That's in me. Right. And I'm fortunate enough that I found something that lets me put it out. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that, don't try. Don't try because you shouldn't try. There is no try. Like, there is only do. Like, you'll just be led by this crazy obsession. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, I got to write the script. I got to write it now. And I'm, you won't think about it. It'll just... Or you're like, I got to get on stage. I don't care. I don't care if I fucking bomb. I got to just try. I fucking try. Or I got to fucking... I got to start playing this guitar. I got to... Or I got to fucking act. I just got to go out. I got to fucking try to do a little read scenes. I got to keep reading scenes. That's it. You'll be so psychotic mm-hmm. that you can't stop. Yeah. And that's what happens. And if you're not like that, become the dentist. <laughs> but there's no, if you ha- if you can sit there and go, well, I'd like to try to act, but I really have this wonderful mid-level marketing position that also likes me you're done Get, <laughs> yeah please it's not it's embarrassing to say that to me mm-hmm. it's embarrassing to say that because you're not you're not with it right because you 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 will you will become a psycho mm-hmm. and so plan b is what are you fucking trying to be safe for Right? Because it raises to be safe. Yeah. For what? You don't have a fucking husband? You don't have a fucking kid? Mm -hmm. You don't have a fucking dog? You barely have a car? Like, live. Yeah. Don't be fucking fueled by, like, what you think you need for money and safety and your fake friendships. Be fueled by what makes you feel fulfilled. Mm Mm-hmm. What you're doing for you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, that's, it's, I mean, it's a totally different world now, the pandemic, and now we can create in our house with YouTubes and, and different things, and you can make your own inroads. Right. But, you know, before all this stuff, there's probably people out there that still think like that. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, don't, ever fucking say back if you even say that term back up plan please please take any play you ever read or any fucking song you were thinking about right and just throw it out the window and just go be an insurance broker (laughs) yeah because it, you will not do it. It will do you. You see the struggle people have, mm-hmm. but you see they try. Yeah. 
And it's kind of just like the journey. I know I sound like a nerd, but the journey really is the destination. And you have to enjoy. That's like when, like when I was on sets, you know, when I'm on a set, when I was on certain sets, people would ask me and they'd be like, well, they would be like, um, well, we got to work Friday night. Mm-hmm. I remember I was doing a show and they were like, we got to work Friday night. <sighs> we're doing uh, splits. You know what splits are? Yeah. Splits are like usually like you work from like 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. to 3 a.m. And splits is like half day, half night. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Okay. Now, I'm probably going to get shit for this, but hey, man, this is just my opinion. So people would be like, well, yeah, there goes my Friday. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, we're working splits. You know, and then my Saturday's done, and then I go Sunday, and then we're back here Monday. So meaning you would work, and you would get done about 3 or 4 Mm a.m. And I'm like, there goes your Friday. We're not working. Yeah. We're on a fucking TV show. (laughs) Fucking making killer money. And maybe there's different levels of money, producers and actors and crew and stuff, but if you're on that set in any position, you're making great money. Yeah. And we're fucking getting to do make-believe and be around the best food and the sexiest people and we're making something that's gonna be on a major network and everyone is like gonna see it and your name is in the credits like who gives a fuck about your Saturday this is the holiday yeah this is your day off every day on your set is the day off Mm -hmm. and you'd be amazed how many people are like oh god we're working splits or we can just go to fucking U-Haul yeah. and work the desk. <laughs> right. I never got that. But again, you're looking at a guy that's 50, who's not married, who doesn't have kids, who's been a gypsy for the last 27 years. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you're looking at a guy that doesn't own an animal. Mm-hmm. So he's... Well, you have fish. I do have fish. <laughs> So I'm all about the adventure. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about like, this is great. Who the hell is going to be on set tonight? Yeah. Who are we going to meet? Mm-hmm. What story are we going to have? What location are we going to be at? Who's catering? Yeah. <laughs> I what, love the food. Who's our guest star? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Do you remember doing comedy and seeing your name on a marquee as a headliner? Yes. And what did you do? Because <laughs> I had done a diff- lot of different shows and stuff, mm-hmm. but like there's prestigious shows. Um, I think it's over there. I framed it. That's it? Because I, I was looking at it. And that's no, it. that's oh, a different okay. one, but that was the first time my post movie poster was at the Laugh Factory. Oh. The first time I ever saw myself on a marquee marquee. I mean, I've been on different marquees, Yeah. but what freaked me out was my name was on the... A marquee of Caroline's. Where's that? Caroline's is the premier club in New York City and oh. 42nd Street. Mm. And my name was, and there was posters of me. Really? All on the club. And did you jump up and down? What did you do? <laughs> I framed it. Oh. It was, that That's was. so cute. Yeah, it said this week, headliner Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> and that was like, I'd been in movies and I'd, I see my name and other stuff, which I'll tell you about later, but that was a big one because it's a comedy staple. I'll never forget the time last year, November, when we were in Vegas and we were driving in an Uber going somewhere and the Uber driver, she was like, I know you from somewhere and I just can't figure out where. And then we're like sitting at a stoplight and I looked over to my left out the window and your face is on this light up billboard and she like has no idea while you're sitting in the car and you're right next to her and in the car. It was so funny. (laughs) 
And what was I doing? And you were texting. And then I was like tapping you and I was like, look, look. And you were like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. I don't want you to blow up my spot. Yes. And you kept giving her a fake name. And then to the left, it was like, Jamie Kennedy performing at the plaza. Oh, I told her I was, I was, I work in sales. Yes. Insurance. We we're there for an insurance oh, convention. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always, that's what I do. That's my thing. When people recognize me. Yes. Uber, I just say I'm here for an insurance convention. Mm-hmm. I'm down here from Phoenix. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, what neighborhood are you from? And then remember that one guy, he was like from Phoenix too. And you had to like come up with a whole. I had, a, I, 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 I was like, yeah, behind the Einstein bagels, right by ASU. Yes. I was, I kind of got out of that one. You did. Yeah, he busted Because he looked, he like started asking you and I looked over you like, what are you going to say to that one, Jamie? He map quested so me. Fun. I know. Map quested checked me. Yes. <laughs> you were good though. I think that's it. All right. Good talk. <laughs> it's been real and it's been fun and it's been real fun. It's been what? It's been real, and it's been fun, and it's been real fun. Well, thank you for your questions. Oh, thank you for having me again. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. This was, uh, (laughs) be safe out there, and you know, if you can, try to like and try to subscribe. Yeah. Or to the podcast. That's the podcast.